Good afternoon, everyone. Um, now we're on to uh, Chapter 8, Social Stratification, uh, with a special focus on class, ethnicity, and racism as being dimensions of stratification. So we're going to be looking at uh, the variation and degree of uh, social inequality that we find cross-culturally. And we'll talk a bit about egalitarian societies, rank societies, and class societies. In egalitarian societies, there is equality among men. Uh, not women, however. Uh, any sexual inequality is uh, present in all these different kinds of stratification uh, systems, whether we're talking about egalitarian rank or class societies. And so what we have is a movement uh, from uh, where there is very little in the way of status or power differentials in egalitarian societies to where there are large differences in class societies. Then we'll look at the relationship between racism and inequality. Uh, ethnicity and inequality, and a little bit about the emergence of stratification that uh, pretty much came with the uh, development of the um, of the state uh, and their kind of rank and class social systems. So, social stratification has to do with uh, the fact that social groups such as families, classes, and ethnic groups have unequal access to important advantages such as economic resources. That is, um, one group may have greater access to, uh, to land than others, power uh, in the political realm, and prestige. That is, uh, how well they're regarded uh, by other members of uh, society and what kind of special privileges that may go along with this uh, prestige. So this is the, these are the elements, basically, of um, social stratification. And so we have these uh, three different kinds of societies that I mentioned in the first slide, egalitarian societies, where essentially all men are more or less uh, created equal. Uh, there's still sexual inequality uh, going on there. Uh, there are status differences in these societies, but it's based on your accomplishments uh, and not based on, for example, uh, what sort of accomplishments that your parents had. You had to essentially earn your uh, respectability. Uh, but it couldn't be passed on to your children. Rank societies, here we have the beginning, though they don't use the term, I like the term hereditary inequality. In rank societies, it means that certain peoples have advantages because of who their parents are, and they have, for example, uh, an unequal access uh, to uh, certain kinds of power and prestige that are essentially denied other people who hold lesser ranks because of their parentage. And then class societies, we get uh, further forms of uh, inequality that's largely based uh, on the possession of, um, of productive resources, largely land, uh, and also certain kinds of uh, privileges that people have uh, because of their land-owning ability. And uh, some other individuals uh, have very little land. They may have to work for people who own land, or they, indeed they may even be slaves in these societies. Uh, we get the uh, beginnings of slavery and rank and class societies. It's almost totally absent in egalitarian societies. Um, and here's, you know, a, in, in, in Table A1, a kind of a nice little sort of uh, differentiation in egalitarian rank and class and caste societies. Uh, where there are differences in economic resources, power, prestige, and some examples that are mentioned um, in the text. And again, over here, you see the Anamamo group I worked with, and they're essentially an egalitarian kind of uh, society. Uh, egalitarian, 
to, in greater detail, get egalitarian societies contain no social groups with greater or lesser access to economic resources, power, or prestige. For example, there may be various lineages and clans. These are kinship groups, uh, but these lineages or clans aren't ranked uh, between one another. Uh, and uh, so, in, the, in any event, uh, there, there are no kind of like major status differences that are not earned as a consequence of your effort. Uh, again, there are slight status differences, but, you know, being a good hunter, a good warrior, uh, a good mother, you know, increases your social status, but essentially meaning that you have greater prestige and you're looked upon more favorably. Uh, but these differences aren't very great, and they're essentially earned. They're not inherited as a consequence of who your parents are. As I mentioned, it ranks societies beginning in a hereditary inequality. So they contain social groups, largely clans, for example, uh, that uh, do not have very unequal access to economic resources or power, but they do have unequal access to prestige. Uh, so certain clans are kind of more highly regarded, uh, but as a consequence, they also have uh, these you know, do not have very unequal access, according to the, the text, but there is enough unequal access uh, such that uh, certain clans um, uh, have a greater uh, prestige, a little bit more power, and this is inherited. And so you're lucky if you're born into a highly ranked uh, social group, such as clan or lineage, and both of these are kinship groups that we'll explore a little bit later uh, in, the, uh, in the text. Uh, then if we look at class societies, uh, fully stratified or class societies range from somewhat to somewhat open to virtually closed caste or caste system. In an open class system, uh, basically uh, one theoretically has the ability to kind of earn their way up to social hierarchy. And there's a recognition, you know, of the existence of this uh, kind of um, ability. Uh, and people know where they belong in terms of uh, what, what part of the class hierarchy. And when you think about classes, you're thinking about hierarchies. And we'll also talk about caste systems and, and, and slavery. Um, here is kind of um, an example of um, uh, inequality measured at the uh, global level. And here we're looking at uh, the um, fir first quintile, 20%, and the fifth quintile over here, 20% uh, of all the households. And for example, if you look at a highly stratified or unequal society, South Africa, uh, where we have the top 20% owning 60% of the resources and the bottom 20% only uh, owning probably about 4%. And you know, you look at the United States, uh, we're here kind of uh, right in, in the middle. Uh, there is a you know, considerable uh, inequality, but if you look at nations like Japan, Norway, Italy, Germany, there's less uh, inequality. Um, and so, you know, this is one way uh, of measuring uh, inequality. Another way of measuring uh, inequality uh, is to look at the Gini index. This is an index widely used by economists and it's beginning to be discussed more and more uh, in the world today because it's a rather precise uh, measure and of, of inequality. So it's, it measures how wealth is distributed in a society ranges from one to zero. If zero, then the economic, then, then incomes, incomes I should say, are equally distributed. And if one, then a single individual has all the wealth. So uh, it's a, a nice measure. Uh, we won't go into the Lorenz curve and how that's calculated because that's part of the Gini index. 
but it can be calculated for wealth. That is your total ass assets. Do you own a home? Do you have a good bank account or income? How much income do you uh, earn on a, uh, on, on a yearly basis? Uh, in the U.S., uh, using 2020-15 data, the Gini index is 0.47. So it kind of looks like right in the middle. But, you know, that figure is, is um, uh, hard to interpret. But let's look at uh, what we look like around the world. So here we are here, and we look at Mexico, the United States, uh, having, uh, you know, at this, this measure over here, 0.45 uh, on the Gini index. And uh, this applies uh, uh, to not too many parts of the world, but if you look at the areas where there's less inequality, Canada, much of, uh, of, of Europe, uh, and to some extent Central Europe, uh, and Australia, you see that these are societies that have the most, you know, in a sense, uh, class systems that are most uh, egalitarian because uh, there's less inequality. Um, to kind of give you a measure, you know, given that our Gini index is a 0.45, and here's some um, uh, data, what, how that works out in a practical sense. And you've heard about the one percenters, et cetera, et cetera. So the top one percent, and here we're looking at household wealth, not income, hold 42 percent of all the wealth uh, in our nation. The next four percent hold 24, and so that's five percent right here. Uh, on quite a bit. And then if you look at the next 5%, and that sums to the top 10%, essentially hold 88% of all the wealth uh, in, the, uh, in the United States. So that kind of gives you a sense of what that 0.45 in the Gini index uh, means that we talked about uh, before. Um, we can talk about, uh, we're talking about class societies, we can talk about open class societies, and they're referred to as open because there's some possibility of moving from one class to another. Uh, a dream of, of, of most of our parents is that they, uh, we do better than they do, or at least as well as, as they've done. And so the idea of, of upward mo mobility. So we can talk about uh, the degree of openness, uh, the ability to move up uh, the socioeconomic status, uh, and then mixed with the degree of inequality that goes on in a society. The more there is inequality, uh, the more difficult it is to move up the socioeconomic scale. Um, caste systems, on the other hand, are, are closed. Uh, they're extremely rigid and, and closed systems with caste membership permanently determined at birth. So, for example, uh, India provides a good example of a caste system, although there were European caste systems and Chinese caste systems. But essentially, if you uh, were born into a family, uh, a family uh, that, that farmed, then you could only be a farmer. You could only marry uh, another farmer. Uh, and you had to restrict your social interactions to farmers. And so when you had children, they also would become farmers. Uh, and this... Um, you know, is a kind of caste system where people could not essentially move uh, up or they couldn't move down uh, in, the, uh, in the caste system. In this caste system, the higher caste uh, had more privileges and power uh, and the lower caste. In fact, some individuals in, in the caste system were so low, they were called outcasts. And that literally means they were outside of the caste system uh, because they were essentially... Uh, and you've heard this term too, untouchable. That is, contact with them uh, was very circumspect because they believed that uh, they could make you ill, 
and you just didn't want to, you know, hang out with these icky people, so to speak. But that's what the uh, the ideology of the system um, uh, said. And so uh, caste systems have existed uh, in lots of different places from time to time, and India is a good classic uh, example of it. However, uh, there's some uh, registra- uh, legislation in the last 20 to 30 years in India that is attempting to abolish uh, caste and to kind of have an affirmative action system uh, where uh, lower caste people have uh, the ability, uh, aided by uh, state uh, quota systems, to enter into the professions that were dominated by uh, their superior caste members. Uh, Slavery existed in various forms in many uh, times and places, regardless of race and culture. Uh, So slavery um, is found uh, all over the world, uh, whether it's in uh, Europe, uh, in Africa, um, even Native North America, uh, or um, or the East. But some forms of slavery, uh, for example, in the U.S., were really rigid. Uh, essentially, it was very difficult to uh, uh, relinquish this status. In some cases, you could kind of buy your way out of it if you were lucky. Uh, but in other ca- slavery systems, uh, after a period of time, then you were free. Uh, and uh, so it was more kind of an open as opposed to a closed system uh, as it was in the United States. Uh, racism, racism and inequality uh, is a belief that some races are inferior to others. is partially a uh, construct of, of biology and it's also a, a social uh, category. Uh, you know, what we know uh, from um, uh, modern uh, biological anthropology is there are not discrete uh, races. They kind of grade into uh, one another. Uh, you can make classifications, but you know, do you say you have 5, 15, 7, 12, uh, whatever races? And so there is biological uh, differences, but these are used as mechanisms for uh, repression and putting people in their place uh, at, at, at very frequently at a either if you're one of the favored in power at the higher level of society, or if you're not empowered, then at the lower level of society. So it becomes a kind of uh, physical marker of your status. Uh, Ethnicity is another way in which uh, there is kind of inequality, uh, aside from racism, refers to common origins and language, a shared history, and selected cultural differences, such as differences in religion that characterize a group of people. So here we're talking about uh, you know, we have multi-ethnic societies, the United States is one, we have lots of different ethnic groups, and your ethnicity can determine uh, your status in a stratified uh, system, uh, either favoring or disfavoring uh, you. Um, social stratification appears to have emerged relatively recently in human history, about 8,000 years ago, based on archaeological evidence, and so it essentially comes with uh, just after the development of agriculture, uh, the growth of uh, you know large uh, civic uh, centers, uh, and the development ultimately of the state is associated with increasing uh, evidence of social stratification. Uh, here's some highlight sections uh, in the text I want you to look at. We have one on global inequality, uh, and this is really kind of curious what's going on here in that first uh, insight. Uh, global inequality has increased, but overall for the entire world and even poor nations, overall health, education, life expectancy 
have increased worldwide, even though we've had a crease in global inequality. So kind of like the, if you will, uh, the good news and the bad news. And then uh, there's a section that talks about inequality in the U.S. and how African Americans have shorter lifespans uh, than, uh, oops, I say that, I mean say then, uh, white Americans and others, and talks about all sorts of kind of health uh, disparities. Uh, and um, to a certain extent, this is clearly a cons consequence of, of poverty and racism. And uh, one would wonder, you know, what does racism have to do as an independent factor that would affect your health? Um, and this makes us turn to the Whitehall study and the Marmot Review in England. Uh, if you look at um, the English and those who are in uh, the um, uh, uh, social services, uh, in, in government kind of uh, work, they all have access to the same health system, uh, the national health system. And it turns out that people who have high paying, high status jobs, the managers, uh, have fewer health problems uh, than people who are kind of at the lower end of the uh, social hierarchy. Now this is, you know, in spite of the fact that they have the same access to uh, health care, the same quality of health care. Uh, and what this research is, is showing is that uh, the fact of being lower status can be stressful for many individuals and this has uh, negative consequences uh, for their health. And so the very fact of inequality uh, can lead to um, uh, shorter lifespans, uh, greater frequencies of morbidity, that is of being uh, ill, independent of the kind of uh, medical uh, resources you have um, uh, available to you. So that kind of tells you how perhaps racism, uh, since one is subjected uh, to kind of a lower status uh, kind of life can have a negative consequence for your uh, for your health. Uh, here are some terms and concepts. Uh, you know, know the difference between uh, egalitarian ranked and stratified uh, societies or class societies. Uh, and uh, you have that uh, nice table in there to kind of give you a, a sense. Uh, sexual inequality exists in all of the above. Uh, it still exists, obviously, uh, today. And but I would say sexual inequality is uh, weaker today, uh, even though it still exists, than it has been in human history. Um, know uh, about class societies, you know, those between open and closed, I'm talking about caste systems and slavery systems, race and ethnicity as sources of inequality within a multi-ethnic uh, nation. And we are a multi-ethnic nation, uh, England, Canada, Australia, uh, lots of countries around the world are multi-ethnic because they have uh, lots of different uh, ethnic groups. For example, if you take a, a nation like um, a Brazil, you've got lots of Italians that have moved in, Japanese that have moved in, uh, and all sorts of other ethnic groups. So they're kind of like the United States, a melting pot. And uh, race and, and ethnicity are sources of inequality uh, in all these kind of multi-ethnic um, societies. And uh, differences in wealth, power, and prestige characterize uh, stratification. And know something about the, uh, uh, the Gini index, uh, even though we uh, haven't discussed the mathematical basis of it uh, in any kind of detail. Uh, it's an important measure uh, of, um, of inequality, whether it has to do with income or wealth. Okay, that should uh, end this chapter.